Good time of the day, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Leonie Kishin, and this is 10 Rolls of Film Photography Podcast. Uh, last episode featured pretty much no mentioning of film photography, which is really strange on a film photography podcast. So I'm making up for it today by doing a whole show pretty much about film photography only. Now, the topic of this episode actually came to my mind uh, after a discussion on Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. Um, it was a discussion about the uh, Nuketochrome, <laughs> the new Kodak Ectochrome E100. Uh, and I mentioned that it's hard for me to get excited about it because uh, Kodak does not offer it in medium format and as far as we can tell, at the moment they're not planning to and uh, a fellow group member by the name of uh, John Farnan I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right uh, advised me to buy some 35 millimeter gear to get the taste of the new film and this got me thinking why am I not shooting almost any 35 millimeter film after all I do own some 35 millimeter cameras but they hardly see any use, with one exception that I will mention towards the end of this episode. Now, like most, I started my film journey with 35mm, and it was 35mm Portra 160 VC, the uh, more vivid and contrasty version of the old Portra, on Minolta XGM with MD Rockorp 50mm 1.7. They got me truly hooked on film photography and on photography in general uh, but then I moved to medium format sold my Minolta kit and find it found it hard to move back ever since and I've been trying to understand why that is and this is the least of reasons that I came up with uh, reason number one or actually reason number zero <laughs> is gas gear acquisition syndrome uh, now, I know, some medium format cameras can also pop up in the thrift stores from time to time, but it does not come even close to just how much relatively decent 35mm gear can be had for next to no money at so many places. And that's a problem because cheap gear is addictive, uh, and if you buy a lot of it, it becomes expensive. <laughs> and I nearly went into debt buying up lenses for my DSLR, which can use old and often very cheap Minolta autofocus glass, and I could buy Minolta X700 with three, maybe four primes for the price of one decent Minolta autofocus lens, like a 51.4. So this is a major point for me, the less temptation, the better. For example, I'm so happy that Minolta systems, uh, except for the very early focal plane shutter ones, uh, they all use leaf shutters, so it's impossible to adapt lenses. You can only use lenses that were made for the Bronica system, and that's great, because God knows what would happen otherwise. Um, obviously this is not the fault of 35mm film, this is my fault, this is my weakness, but it is what it is. Now the first reason, if we discount the gas, um, is shooting. 
because for me at this point uh, 15 frames of 6 by 4.5 is a natural scope it's a natural scope to uh, work with it's a natural scope to think in uh, because it's enough to provide some space for different takes, occasional bracketing but it is concise enough to shoot the whole roll in more or less the same conditions which helps a lot at the development stage because you can control the contrast and adjust uh, development and also it means that the whole roll is set is shot in a similar mindset which to me uh, helps sort of fragmentize the, the shoot uh, or just even a, a walkabout and have a clearer idea of what I want from a specific roll of film uh, and I don't like leaving unfinished rolls in the camera so 36 to 40 sometimes frames at a time is a lot for me and I sort of get a little bit lost what to do with all of those the next point is scanning uh, and again this is hardly the fault of the 35 millimeter film this is just the reality of my situation uh, because my very cheap and old Epson V500 is by no means a great scanner but it is just about good enough for medium format with some oversampling trickery and sharpening in post but it, it can get there with 35 millimeter however the results have been really rather poor lacking in sharpness, detail, dynamic range, grain rendition which means that to get decent results with 35mm film I would have to invest in a dedicated 35mm scanner and it could be you know a 70 euro used Plastac but still I feel that I could use that money elsewhere in my photography like buying 20 to 30 rolls of foam upon or something like that the next point might be a little controversial but it's related to my digital camera because my digital workhorse is a what is it eight nine year old by now eight or nine year old uh, 24 megapixel full frame Sony A850 the pre mirrorless craze behemoth it's huge and uh, the difference in depth tonal gradation uh, and if you scan the film well detail between medium format film and a full frame digital of that at least of that generation is obvious to me and it's clearly worth the hustle with film with 35 millimeter film there are still differences and I still prefer film over digital most of the time but they are not as dramatic and they're not as clear and a while back I've made a tough decision you know see my note about the gas not to collect gear for gear's sake so 35 millimeter has to offer me something that my other cameras do not and I'm not sure what that could be now, a few months ago, I actually thought of getting a 35mm compact, either autofocus or rangefinder, 
just as a bring it everywhere kind of camera. Not for serious stuff, for just spontaneous shots, for documenting life, stuff like that. Uh, and the first attempt was Yashica T3 Super. Yeah, I gave in to all the Yashica T series pipe. But I got scammed and got a camera that, as described, functions perfectly. Except it has no autofocus whatsoever. All the lights blink, but nothing in the lens moves, so it's permanently stuck at infinity. It's still impressively sharp at a large distance, but for my intended use it's pretty much useless. Uh, the second try was a tiny Ricoh 500G rangefinder. It's one of those 40mm 2.8 compacts that was so popular in 70s and 80s. It's pretty cool looking, and it works well, but 40mm turned out to be kind of a weird focal length for me. And also it's my first rangefinder, so I'm far from comfortable with the focusing. Um, I'll probably give uh, Rico, or as I like to call it, Tiny Rico, um, another chance at some point. But I might also just sell it or give it away. It was only 10 euros after all. Now, about that exception that I mentioned in the beginning, um, as the summer of 2018 was approaching and I had a trip to Portugal in the schedule, I got myself a 135mm camera that I actually used quite a bit this summer. It's the Minolta Weathermatic 35DL. DL stands for dual lens. It can be switched from 35mm 3.5 to 50mm 5.6 by a push of a button. But the biggest feature is obviously the waterproof body. It's fully submersible, it has uh, working autofocus, and is painted in the most 80s shade of yellow imaginable. Lenses are rather simple, the metering is simpler still, uh, shutter speeds are few, and it is through batteries, but man, is it fun to just jump into the water with a camera. I took lots of beach photos, not worrying about the sand, and took some shots of my girlfriend learning to surf from the water level, which just wouldn't be possible otherwise. So. This camera actually does satisfy my criteria for being a keeper. It offers something that none of my other cameras do. And it would cost me a hell of a lot more to give them that ability by buying an underwater housing or something like that. That's it for this episode. Um, come join me next week uh, for another episode. Uh, I'll try to be considerably more disciplined and organized. Um, with releasing it, uh, you can find me at Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. Uh, I'm also on Instagram as Ten Rolls of Film, and um, you're welcome to at my blog uh, at Ten Rolls of Film dot WordPress dot com. Uh, ten as a one zero as numbers, not a word. Um, and yeah, keep shooting film; it's fun. <laughs>